two announcements. Item number one, if you haven't picked up your bingo card yet, do so. Uh, Chaley, where are you on the bingo card? Are you almost at a blackout? Half. Anybody got more than half? Oh, good call. All right. Where are you? Sydney, where are you? Three quarters? Okay, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Fill that baby out. Too fun. And then a very fun item. If you are cleaning out your offices this summer from random stuff that you're no longer wanting to use, this announcement is for you. It's the summer supply swap. All of the information that you need to know is on this sheet. If you'd like to participate, uh, contact Elizabeth in the office here uh, in the chapel and she can help make that happen for you. What fun. Rather than running off to Office Depot yet again and buying another dozen Sharpies, which I've been known to do. So, All right, uh, the conversation that you're going to have with somebody seated near you is this. If you were offered the role of being a late-night talk show host, who would be your first three guests? Go. All right. Here we go. I'm going to interrupt you. I will not call you by name, but I'll simply do the wand of offering and you get to name one of the individuals that you think would be fascinating to be interviewing because you are the late night host. Here we go. So this section over here so far, nobody's showing up in that show. Now I'll start calling people by name. You had a chance. All right, Juan going this way. Nice. Brock, Oprah. Ellen. Nice. Okay, now we'll go this way. Second chance. Oh, nice. I did not say dead or alive, so good. He fits both of those categories, by the way. Mother Teresa, what's that? Got it. The share of the last name, good. All right, Dane. Ah, that works. Dumbledore, love it. Love it. Good. All right. With that, I invite you to stand. The hymns are on the sheet. Our opening hymn went long before time.
This morning we gather to worship a loving and grace-filled God, acknowledging God's presence in this place. Through our worship, our prayer, the reading of sacred scripture, and in the fellowship we shall enjoy. Amen. Out of our ordinary, everyday lives, you have gathered us here, holy God, to this time of worship, to this time of praise. We join together to bless you, to listen for your word, to immerse ourselves in your grace, in your love. Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to your presence with us. Amen. Congregation, you may be seated. Hello, everyone. Today we have two readings. The first is from the book of Psalm, chapter 90, verses 1 through 4. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. The second reading is from the second epistle of Peter, chapter 3, verse 8. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. Here end the readings. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Nice to see you this morning, although I think a smaller group would probably make me a little bit less nervous, so <laughs> thank you and um, how dare you. Um, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, this, is a, this is a fun topic uh, and I've had a lot of things on my mind as I've thought about what I would like to share. Um, even the title, It's About Time, um, could be read a few different ways. To me, it's, it's just, it's all about time and uh, how it speeds up, how it slows down, how it makes me feel stuck. So I've got four sources or texts for today's reflection on about time, besides what we already just heard. Um, the first is a book of poetry that's written by a, a dear high school friend and fellow band geek called Grace and Grit, Empowering Poetry, um, by Nikki Van Ekren. And then the other is a gift from my boss, Tom Honer, uh, because I think he's trying to help me become comfortable with uncertainty. I don't know if he's trying to make me think about my job or something, but um, but it's a it's a collection of Buddhist teachings uh, collected by an artist or uh, an author named Pima Chodron, teachings on cultivating fearlessness and compassion. Uh, and these two books together have become somewhat of a daily devotion for me recently, in response to some of the pressures and anxieties and tugs and pulls that I've been feeling about time. The other two things are the songs that have been in my head constantly since the topic for chapel this summer was announced. So I'm going to read the lyrics of a couple of them, and then I'm going to ask you if you know which songs they're from. They're not hymns, but they should be. Well, at least one of them should be. Um, well, I left my happy home to see what I could find out. I left my folk and friends with the aim to clear my mind out. 
Well, I hit the rowdy road and many kinds I met there and many stories told me on the way to get there. So on and on I go, the seconds tick the time out, so much left to know and I'm on the road to find out. So hold, hold, I think a lot of you know what that is. Uh, the next one, and this really shows the juxtaposition of how I feel about time and my relationship of time. So that's very positive, very forward thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm out there, I'm trying to find something. But this one, time, why you punish me? Like a wave crashing into the shore, you wash away my dreams. Time, why you walk away? Like a friend with somewhere to go, you left me crying. Can you teach me about tomorrow and all the pain and sorrow running free? Because tomorrow's just another day and I don't believe in time. All right, so who knows what the first one is? Nice. I am so excited that you know that. You're, you, your musical education is top notch. Um, that is awesome. Do you know what album it's from, though? It is. Man. Good job. Good job. That is uh, one of the, probably one of the best, I think one of the best albums of all time. So your homework today is to find out Tea for the Tillerman by Cat Stevens or Yusuf Islam. Uh, check it out because every song on there is a classic. And then the second one, who knows what that one is? You might not know because this singer is so hard to understand sometimes that you actually don't know what these lyrics were, but you've sang this song before. It's uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, Time. <laughs> And their album, Cracked Rear View. So very different artists, and Darius Rucker is a hard guy to understand. I didn't actually understand all the words of that song until I actually started to look at the lyrics because, again, he's a tough guy to, to fully understand. Um, these, these two things combine in this, in this quote by Henry David Thoreau. In any weather, at any hour of the day or night, I have been anxious to improve the nick of time and notch it on my stick, too, to stand on the meeting of two eternities, the past and the future, which is precisely the present moment, to tow that line. I think the fact that I studied history here at Cal Lutheran was indicative of this tendency that I've always had to look back, to live in the past a little bit, to idealize the past, um, to learn from it, find connections. There is a fault to looking too much into the past because it can make us feel too stuck to think about possibilities for the future. On the other hand, I've been a vaguely futuristic Pollyanna. Now, the Pollyanna part is not vague, and if you've seen the movie with uh, Haley Mills, I, I've always had that kind of mentality. The vague part is that my future positivity is not grounded in actual planning or in actually having a plan of, of any sort or thinking about what will happen, just this sense that it's going to be okay. Uh, now, being married to somebody who is a planner doesn't have necessarily the same sense of history, but is always thinking, what do I do to make the future happen? There is some tension there. Uh, but as we learned, holding two things in tension is not a bad thing. And I like to think collectively when we, we make a functional human being as we go through those, those uh, negotiations. But time is a relative thing. Uh, Einstein has, has proven that, or at least theorized that. I think, I wonder what, what Einstein would think about relatively, relativity in terms of our emails that the, the size of our inbox grows as we get stuck in different moments. You blink and all of a sudden your inbox went from 30 to 120 in a day and you don't know how that happened and how the time could have passed for that to be possible. I feel like it defines physics and time sometimes. Uh, those of you who have, who have traveled, even traveled within the U.S., you know that, that based on time differences, you can be a time traveler. 
So I relish in these moments where I travel from Asia, for example, and I leave Japan at five in the evening and I arrive at LAX at 11 in the morning, the same day. And I think, and the little kid in me thinks, I'm, I'm Marty McFly from Back to the Future. <laughs> this is, I'm a time traveler. I get to live the same day and I have a message from the future. Um, and, and, and that sense of kind of traveling back that you, you get more time. And especially when I'm coming home from a journey and I miss my kids so desperately that that time is so valuable. Um, and it's even better when I beat their expectations. Maybe I get on an earlier flight and I don't tell them and I show up earlier or show up at school to pick them up. And those times just feel incredible. I also do feel that sense of possibility occasionally when I'm leaving. The sense, especially when I'm going to a country or doing something that I'm really excited about, a sense that, the sense from that Cat Stevens song that, that I'm on the road to find out that there's this quest that I'm on. And on good days, the sense of vocation and the sense of my job, not as a, as a balancing scale to balance with my family, but a, a kind of interwoven fabric, uh, that my life is my work and my work is my life. Those moments really are about thinking ahead into the future. But there's also a lot of times where I feel like I'm standing still. I, I took a picture a few months ago of what I felt like was my only view for the entire semester. It was the same exact seat in the same row in economy on United Flights, and they all look the same. And I thought, how many hours have I spent with this view? And that's really depressing. Um, <laughs> So one of the reasons why CLU generously purchased Wi-Fi for me on long-haul flights and I spend eight or nine hours working to distract myself from the fact that I'm not interested in the movies and I just want to catch up on work. Another experience that was a little bit more, more pleasant, I was taking a flight from Europe once and just the timing of, of when I left, the time of year, the sun was constantly setting for eight hours straight. That was really cool. And I was trying to find my little travel journal that I kept at the time to try and find what I, what I wrote, but I couldn't find it. Um, but that really inspired a lot of, um, of thoughts about just the universe. When you realize that the sun is setting at the same time for that long, it's just, there's something, I don't, I'm not an astronomer, but it was, it was pretty cool. But the, the challenging part is when I feel like I'm losing time. When I leave here and it's a day and a half or two days later, when I've arrived, and I've missed a baseball game, I've missed an award ceremony, I've missed out on uh, a sick kid who is um, causing my spouse to engage in some of the messier bits of, of being a parent, uh, and I'm not there, um, missing out in, in other family milestones, or when I feel like the campus is moving and things are happening and I'm not there. Uh, so many freshman orientations I've missed because I'm already out recruiting the next group of students uh, and, and too busy to stand still and take stock in the success and the incredible young people that are coming to campus. And of course, the inbox continues to pile up. And the most challenging experience I had most recently, if, if you follow anything I, I do on social media, we had an incredible alumni event that was put on by lots of people, both here and abroad. A uh, series of events in Norway. Well, what doesn't show up in social media is how horrible Friday night was for me. Um, not to have a sob story, but this is about time. So I landed early, changed my flight so I could land and check out the venue for our picnic on Saturday. Because I thought my original flight wasn't to get in until Friday night with the event on Saturday morning. 
I thought, that's really stupid. And I'm really glad I had that thought. I show up at the venue where I had been promised food trucks. I already knew there was going to be a dedicated space that had water, soft drinks, other drinks to keep people happy. But I was told at about 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon, with our event starting less than 24 hours away, that the food trucks would not be showing up. I go to Norway a lot, but I'm not an event planner, and I'm not, um, this isn't my thing. So I immediately went back to my hotel and had just landed. So in between fits of falling asleep at my computer, I spent the next several hours trying to find anybody who would deliver food for me the next afternoon and make me not look terrible in front of Chris and Liz Kimball and the 35 alumni and their families and pets that were planning to show up. It all turned out okay. It meant some running and some exhausted legs and a nap in between that alumni event and the next one that night. But in those moments of passing out, falling asleep while I'm frantically trying to order food, thinking, did I just order that or did my finger press the wrong button while I was falling asleep? That sense that time was running away from me so fast that I couldn't keep up. Um, I finally looked down, it was 10 o'clock, I finally had all the food ordered and then was able to pass out (laughs) knowing that the next day was going to be crazy. So certainly I exacerbate the tension with time through sometimes not as careful future planning as I should have, sometimes that attitude of Pollyanna that everything's going to be fine anyway. Um, But some of the things that I've turned to that have been incredibly helpful recently, I'm going to read a few passages from each of these, um, because I think they articulate better than I could some of the things that have brought peace as I've tried to navigate time speeding up, time slowing down, and also the tension and the anxiety that I feel when it just feels like time's not going anywhere, or that it's going on without me and I'm the one that's stuck. Nothing is static or fixed. All is fleeting and changing. This is the first mark of existence. We don't have to be mystics or physicists to know this. Yet at the level of personal experience, we resist this basic fact. It means that life isn't always going our way. It means there's loss as well as gain, and we don't like that. The essence of life is fleeting. Life must be over in the next instant, or it might be over in the next instant. Remembering impermanence can teach you a lot about how to cheer up. I think that's interesting. Remembering impermanence can teach you a lot about how to cheer up. Is that really true? I think it could be. And that's where I kind of cling to. I'm not sure. (laughs) It's okay to let it scare you. Seeing your fear can heighten the sense of gratitude for the preciousness of human birth and the opportunity to practice. You can cultivate four limitless qualities of love, compassion, joy, and equanimity by learning to relax where you are. There's no problem with being where you are right now. Even if you feel loving kindness and compassion for only one other sentient being, that is a good place to start. Simply acknowledging, respecting, appreciating the warmth is a way to encourage its growth. We can be where we are and at the same time leave wide open the possibility of being able to expand far beyond where we are now and into the course of our lifetime. So that sense of that precious now is where I'll I'll read three quick poems and, and that's where I'll leave you. So the first one is called This is the Main Show. What if our hopes for heaven and our dreams of the next realm were distracting us from enjoying this moment? What if our work 
that is intended to secure our spot in heaven takes us away from the perfection of the human journey. Can we let go of our stories, our coveted archetypes, our reasonings, our failures, our successes to see? What if this is the main show? Looking back, with time and a clear lens, we can all see how our lives have been a series of absolute miracles. Miracle after miracle have emerged in the midst of our experiences. Synchronicities ooze out of every story. It is humbling to view the perfection of it all. And I'll close with this last poem called Today is Anew. Rise and shine. Do you know the good news? Yesterday is dust and today is alive with possibilities. Bring nothing in today that you do not want. Love your life, your body, your community, your talents and gifts. Love it all. Love the thrill of not knowing. Rest into life for today is a miracle. Cease planning and worrying. Fall into the arms of the all with your heart wide open. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, teach us to value the time that you have given us in our lives to change and to grow. Thank you for those moments when we experience challenge. We are grateful that you walk beside us, gifting us with times of growing and waiting, of joy and of sorrow. Show us how to mark time with you so that we are aware of your presence at all times.